This is The Gum Guru with Dr. Macon Singletary from North Raleigh Periodontics. This is a show about keeping your teeth and gums healthy and how a healthy smile affects your overall health. Today's episode is called, Are You Getting Long in the Tooth? When Should You Be Alarmed by Gum Recession? Welcome to the Gum Guru Podcast with Dr. Macon Singletary. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us. And as you heard, today's episode is, Are You Getting Long in the Tooth? When Should You Be Alarmed by Gum Recession? And Dr. Singletary, I think we've all heard that expression before, you know, getting long in the tooth, and we all just sort of associate that with old age. But why do we make that association? Well, I guess, Tom, you know, that's a, a factor of, a lot of things, you know, long in the tooth. And, and I guess the, what's important is to figure out why is that happening? Because is it a problem? And that's something that it could be or it could not be. Yeah, it's something that we need to look out for. You know, it's it's not just a factor of old age. So what is happening when we see, if we notice we're getting long in the tooth or it looks like our, our gums may be receding? And what happens, you know, people ask, come in, for second opinions or they, they notice something that they, they're concerned, you know, when the tooth is being developed, there are three things I look at, the position of the tooth, the character of the gum tissue, and there's a bone on the front of the tooth. And lots of times it can be due to tooth pressure abrasion. You should use an ultra soft brush. It could be the way the teeth fit together. I mean, it's a dynamic factor going on there between the muscles, the upper jaw and the lower jaw and the way the teeth are positioned in the jaw. And so you can have perfectly healthy gum tissue and have recession. There's inflammatory gum disease and non-inflammatory gum disease. Non-inflammatory gum disease is recession in healthy tissue. You know, usually I see it in people that have had braces, you know, orthodontic therapy. And it's the big tooth, small jaw syndrome. And people yeah, you know, when they go through orthodontic therapy, which I think is magic. I mean, I tip my hat off to the orthodontist because, you know, when I went through that rotation, I thought if I put a wire on somebody, I'm going to pop somebody's teeth out of their head. I mean, if you look at a 3D image and see the teeth and the, where they are in the bone, it's rare they're right smack dab in the middle. You know, they could be rotated, they could be out a little bit, and the orthodontist moves them back in, or they move them back out. And I dare say if somebody did a study to see once the teeth are in position, where they are in relationship to the bone, it would be sort of eye-opening. But um, it's an ongoing factor, and there are things that we look at to determine would this be something that needs attention or not. And some people come in and say, hey, this is getting worse. It may be, and you know, I have to document it for them. Some things that they will feel is maybe a little tenderness when they brush, or even if, if there's a bleeding component to it, you know, that's significant because in, in thin gum tissue and bleeding, you know, that's a, a, a recipe for advanced recession. Yeah, so when is the time to give you a call or give the uh, our dentist a call to let them know that we're concerned and that this is something that we want to have checked out? When you look in the mirror... There's always um, a certain look that you want to have. Everybody's different. You know, I tell everybody, you know, I want you to feel good about them, function okay, and one tooth not hurt another tooth. And so beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, some people are looking in their mouth and they look great and they're, they're burning up. You know, and some people look in their mouth and, oh, nothing's wrong, and they are getting recession. And they don't think that anything's going on. I guess it's a matter of, well, if you feel like that something's different, over time that needs to be documented. And so to come in and sometimes 
a dentist will make a referral. And they're concerned. They will, lots of times the patients will come in and say, hey, you know, my dentist says I got a recession and I need gum grafts. And there are several ways to treat recession or it may not need to be treated. So the, the things I look at is, is there inflammation? I look at the position of the tooth, the character of the gum tissue, and with the x-rays, is do I think there's bone there? So if I think there's going to be further recession, I'll say, okay. And we take photographs and we document it. And it may be the gum's healthy and there's a little bit of barrier there. And then, But they got six millimeters of recession. If they're not sensitive and it's not an aesthetic issue, we monitor it. But, you know, we can do things if they're concerned about aesthetics. And recession can be a factor for some people when they say, I don't like looking long in a tooth. What can we do about it? Yeah, and that the aesthetic goes a long way because uh, that's that's probably the primary concern for most people. You know, most people may deal with a little bit of the tenderness or they may overlook a little bit of the bleeding, but they they may, you know, immediately start noticing, well, I don't like the way that this looks. And then that that could be the impetus mm -hmm. to give you a call. Right. Well, I want to get into treatment then and how this is dealt with, because you mentioned uh, a bunch of different treatments uh, previously. You know, I, I heard gum graft. How is this treated? You know, if we're dealing with recession, is this something that can be reversed or fixed? How does that work? Yeah. So to answer the question, yes, it can be it can be reversed. The question is, is it necessary? <clears throat> Sometimes I get people that come in and they got a little uniform recession and they got the barrier tissue I like to see. They strike out two or three, and I'm thinking, and they're not really sensitive. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, we can monitor this. You're going to be okay. I mean, we can cover the roots, and particularly if you got a high smile on, it's in the front. We can take the tissues that's there, and if there's good barrier tissue there already, and pull it down. There, there are a lot of technique, techniques to do it. Not a lot. There, there are some that have a patented process like the pinhole technique, but I've been doing the pinhole technique before Dr. Child was born, but there are techniques that we can do to cover the root, and and the way to do it is um, it can vary depending on, on the what needs to be accomplished. So there's we can take the tissue that's there and pull it down or up. We can take tissue from the palate and transplant it. We can take connected tissue from the palate, and there are ways of doing that and make little pouches and, and make the gum cover the root surfaces. We use laser technology now a lot uh, with the grafting procedure, so it makes it heal better, makes the post-operative sequela more comfortable for the patient. There are procedures utilizing donor tissue, and some people are concerned about taking tissue from the palate and having that feeling afterwards we call it the pizza burn thing, and some people say, well, I don't want to eat pizza like that, and I don't blame them. But the dermal tissue, the, the deal with that is it doesn't heal quite as good as autogenous tissue. And there's studies that show and compare the dermal versus autogenous, and the autogenous always wins out. But there are things that we can do, and sometimes it's a matter of just watching and documenting. I have to say, a lot of times when people come in, they're concerned, you know, they've been told they got a recession, they think it's getting worse, and I'm looking at it and I say, you're going to be okay. We'll document it. We'll get you back in six months and do a quick check. We'll take another photo and compare. Then at that point, what can we do to either prevent further recession or if this is not something that's on our radar now, what are things that we could be on the lookout for to 
make sure that we can avoid recession? Good question. Part of my exam, I'm looking at the way the teeth fit together. You know, do they have a habit of clenching, grinding? Do they have a nail-biting habit? I had an individual in the other day, perfectly healthy gum tissue, a little bit of mobility in the lower front teeth. They were concerned about it. Had recession on the tongue side of the lower front teeth. She had a tongue bar, and she was worried about the mobility in her teeth. I said, well, first of all, you got to eliminate the tongue bar because you're healthy everywhere except for right in the lower front, and that tongue bar is banging on your front teeth and causing recession and bone loss. I can't do anything for you to take that out, and your teeth may tighten up, and you don't need to do anything. So we got to identify what is their habit. Is there a nail-biting habit? Are you clenching? You know, those are things that, you know, is the stress on one tooth different than another? That's where, you know, orthodontic therapy may be a, a viable treatment alternative before doing grafting just to make sure that the pressures transmitted to the neck of the tooth are correct. So that's a big factor. And I tell patients, you can have your teeth straight as a picket fence. If you're not brushing and flossing, it's not going to make any difference. You got to get the inflammation under control, but then we look at those other factors. So, at home, just making sure you keep the inflammation low. Use an ultra soft brush and make sure you floss. And you don't want inflammation. If you're a cr- ice cruncher or a gum chewer, don't. You, you eliminate those factors that may be some of them. Some of them are just habitual. You know, they're just a nervous tick. You know, chew on a pen. You know, something like that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I want to go back to recession and the problems that can arise from it. So many of us have that head-in-the-sand reaction to problems, and for whatever reason, it it seems to happen a lot with issues of the mouth or with dentistry and and teeth. So if we ignore recession, what does that open us up to in terms of problems? There's enamel on the crown, very hard, very dense. It takes a lot to get through that. Early plaque growth produces an acid and can decalcify it, but it takes a lot. The root has cementum on it. It's very thin. A couple of brushes of the toothbrush and it's gone. You got dentin. Dentin has tubules in it connect to the pulp, and it's gonna. Those nerve fibers will will feel osmotic pressure changes, so hot and cold, sweets, and so. And the dentin is softer. So the fluoride in your toothpaste is key. Now I always say to me, toothpaste is like car compound. You use it to make you feel good and help brush the plaque off. To me, it's the bristle of the brush, the thread of the floss. It's important in removing bacteria. But if you got a recession, you want toothpaste with fluoride in it and sometimes a prescription toothpaste with fluoride in it that will harden the root surfaces and prevent recurrent decay. That's If somebody has a significant recurrent decay and root exposure, then trying to cover the root is a good thing. To cover the root just for sensitivity that's not a good indication because you still may have a sensitive root even with a root coverage graft. The best thing is to treat the root surface with a fluoride and the three levels of that. Level one's toothpaste. Level two is a varnish that the, the dentist or hygienist paints on. It cures into the enamel and dentin. Takes about a, you leave it for an hour and it's good for about six months. Level three is fluoride paste and trays, particularly for people who've had head and neck cancer and the salivary glands aren't working. And so the bacteria doesn't get washed off. Even though saliva is what the bacteria grows in, the saliva acts as a lavaging mechanism, a washing mechanism, too. So those people need trays with fluoride in it. They need a potent fluoride exposure. So you know, the fluoride therapy, just to make sure that you use an ultra-soft brush. I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen anybody lose a tooth by brushing too much. <laughs> 
All right. But an ultra soft brush is key. That's good advice and things that we need to take into account when it comes to recession. So Dr. Singletary, you always leave us with an action step or some homework for us to do on our end. What, what would that be today? Well, I mean, if, if you think you got an issue and you're concerned, take a photo of it. I mean, I've had pe- people take a photo of what they thought was a problem and text it to me. I'm perfectly fine looking at it. Oh, yeah, you got an issue. Come on in. Let's look at it. Or you're fine. You know, keep that on file or keep it on your phone and in three months, take another photo or a picture. And if it's different, you know, we can do something. So it's a, um, a simple thing to do, particularly if you're concerned, you know, document it with your cell phone and, um, and then just over time, see if it, if it, if it gets worse and just make sure you keep the plaque off. You brush with an ultra soft brush. You said that enough times this episode that folks should know that if recession is something that you are fearful of or want to help treat, that that's a great way to go. And I love that idea of taking the picture because that's that's proof positive right there and something that you can keep track of on your own if it's something that's potentially on your radar. Yep. Wonderful. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Gum Guru Podcast with Dr. Macon Singletary. We'll have another episode for you soon. If you want to know more about the kinds of bacteria in your mouth and how to treat them, check out Dr. Singletary's website at NorthRaleighPerio.com. And if you have other questions you'd like to have answered on the Gum Guru Podcast, send them to contact at NorthRaleighPerio.com. 